Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. This is Randy. I'm Alan. And I'm Rob. And we are the Lounge SD. Just a reminder, this discussion is going to be filled with spoilers, so if you haven't read the book, stop listening now. Um, I didn't even say what book it is, but <laughs> it's uh, Ready Player One. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. But before we get into the book, let's uh, do a little recap of your guys' week. How have uh, you guys been doing? Uh, so my week was good. Um, it's um, I'm training for a full Ironman right now. So this week was my recovery week. Um, didn't really like all my workouts were pretty chill, not very strenuous or stressful. Um my cousin had his first basketball game and I got real hype and yelled at some kids. But um <laughs> and then uh yeah, that was pr- that was pretty much it. It was really fun. Good weekend. Very very good weekend. How was yours, Rob? Uh it was good, man. Um I got a lot of downtime so I've been playing I think I mentioned in the last podcast I've been playing The Witcher again. Um yep. that's still going on. I'm trying to 100% <laughs> it this time, so how far are you right now? Uh, probably like eight percent or something. Jeez. That's a huge game. Um, you got ninety-two percent more left to go. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> well, it's it's even more of a grind. There's a there's like a little mini game within the game, like these like RPGs usually have. This Where one it's like a little card game, like oh, uh, Gwent. Yeah, man. Ooh, it's man. it's tough trying to play that shit. We're gonna get to episode forty-five, and we're like, all right, we're gonna recap everyone's week. And we're like, Rob. <laughs> What percent are you at on Witcher? And you're like, 18. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Uh, For me, not much. Usual work grind, taking care of the baby, Uh, playing a lot of Fortnite still. Last Mm. night, I was very impressed with my performance. I was impressed with your performance too, man. Oh, yeah, it was good. Uh, Especially because I think it was last week I got my keyboard and mouse, KBM Mm -hmm. swag. Um, so I'm getting the hang of it. I'm starting to hold my own a little bit more. So I'm pretty happy, happy with that. Um, but that's basically it. So, uh, yeah, let's get into ready player one. So we're going to start off with a little intro and the story is basically about, uh, in the year 2045, Reality is an ugly place. The only time teenage Wade Watts really feels alive is when he's jacked into the virtual utopia known as the Oasis. Wade's devoted his life to studying the puddles, hit puzzles, hidden within this world's (laughs) digital confines. Puzzles that are based on the creator's obsession with the pop culture of decades past and that promise massive or and that promise massive power and fortune to whoever can unlock them. But when Wade stumbles upon the first clue, he finds himself beset by players willing to kill to take this ultimate prize. The race is on. And if Wade is going to survive, he'll have to win and confront the real world. He's always been desperate to escape. So. so how many puddles we- does he jump through? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> we all read the book. Um. Well, technically, two of us listened to the audiobook this last, yeah. uh, what is it, week? Uh, I oh, listened no, to I it for like two weeks. weeks. Was, all oh, three of us went on. Yeah, okay. yeah. This okay. time around. Yeah, Rob, Rob actually had the book, didn't you? 
but you listen no, to no. an audiobook as well, right? Yeah, I couldn't find the book, so I just went on Audible. Shout nice. out to Audible. Nice. Yeah, so we all got to listen to Will Whedon's wonderful voice for, what was it, 16 hours or something like that? <laughs> 16 hours, dude. <laughs> yeah. But it was great. It was a great 16 hours. So uh, speaking of that, what was your favorite part of the book? All right. So my favorite part of the book was the whole book. Um, <laughs> um, actually, like it was just it was the uh, pop culture references and just like being an inner nerd and inner geek. Like, oh, what Star Wars? And then like um, they mentioned Gundams, and I was a big Gundam fan. Um, I don't remember much of the lore of Gundam, but the fact that like they mentioned Gundam and the RX seventy eight, that was uh, was one of my uh, favorite parts of the book. But that whole battle in front of a castle anorak was right? uh, was my definitely my favorite part of the book uh <clears throat> i would say that my favorite part of the book outside of that of the final battle obvi um i would have to say it's when wade gets his own spot <clears throat> i think it's like a dream at least i mean from that from the, his mindset of being like a teenager like stuck um you know no money like next to nothing in the world and then he gets like his own spot and he has like the freshest most hyped gear yeah man and uh top of the line everything i was like that's that's dope dude i was like i was hyped for him yeah to be in that spot and and just the detail of like how crazy he went to just becoming like a recluse i think you know before he got captured he was the first time he went like outside of his apartment in like six months and i was like man can you imagine Speaking yeah, of that, nice. that well, I guess you can call it <clears throat> scene. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he got captured, I was so confused. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. Okay, they're saying he's in debt, so that's why they're getting him and taking him to IOI so he can work off his debt. I was right. like, I thought he was rich. And yeah, I, thought, been... <laughs> I thought he was sponsored, wasn't he? So he was getting money through like his sponsor? Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah. Obviously, later down the line, it was the long con, dude. Like, the oh, yeah. moment oh, yeah. that they actually revealed what he was doing, I was like, oh, shit. Long Kong status. Long <laughs> con. But, uh, yeah, that, that part was sick. Uh, it got a little weird, but it, it was good. Okay. Uh, I guess my favorite part of the book specifically was when he was at the arcade uh, trying to get that perfect game of Pac-Man. And then when he got the quarter into his inventory and how he had no clue what it was. What to do with it, yeah. Yeah. And then fast forward to the very end when the quarter gave him that extra life. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, snap. That's sick. Just having that <laughs> random item in your inventory. And I know like playing games for so many years, you guys have run into that. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't know what this item does this early in the game. But at mm-hmm. the end of the game, you're like, oh, yeah, dude, this thing is a lifesaver. So seeing that in the book, it was like, that's awesome. Um, but so we already know there's a bunch of references. That's basically the whole hype of the book. So yeah. w- when you guys read it, what was your favorite reference that you guys came across? Um, so I mentioned the RX-78 Gundam earlier. I'll just probably steer clear of that because I'd already mentioned it. Um, my favorite reference in the book, probably the joust. 
like the very first um the very first gate or the very first key mm-hmm. um, yeah against the uh the lynch the lich right lich the lich yeah, um lich king right mm-hmm. um so like um hearing him play joust and like i remember playing joust like how could anyone forget it once they've played joust it's like you know it's just two ostriches or one ostrich and i forget what the other one was but it was just like so much fun and then to hear him like battle this this lich king for you know on joust and then like i remember i was specifically i was on a run listening to this and then he was like talking about how um when he used to practice with h in the uh, basement of h's house or whatever mm-hmm. um, yeah. he played on the other side of the cabinet instead of the um instead of the side that he was on with the lich king mm-hmm. so once he switched then he started winning cuz he was getting rocked before that so that was that was probably my favorite reference the the joust all right. <clears throat> um, I would say mine would probably have to be. I, I was a small detail, but for me, it, like it really stuck with me. I don't know if you guys caught on to it, but when they were talking about the the JDM boys, uh, Daito and Shoto, Daito. everybody has everybody <laughs> everybody has a ship in the book, and they talk about theirs is actually the the Bebop from Cowboy Bebop, yep. the the barge that uh, had the other ships in it. And I was like, oh, that's such an ill reference. I mean. Most of the other references in the book were were before my time. I mm-hmm. think uh, it was more geared towards the '80s. So I got some of them, but not all of them. But but for them, for the for especially because it was the JDM boys, like the fact that those guys are like all about Japan and that they became like the you know Japanese like pop stars or celebrities because you know they're from Japan and then they like basically everything they had they they did in the game had to do with Japan in some way or was related to Japan. And the yeah. fact that they were rocking like one of my favorite ships from one of my favorite anime. Bebop, right? Was, yeah, man. Yeah. That's that's it's too ill. And wasn't it Shoto who was a uh, Shoto who was doing um <laughs> <laughs> who was uh the Gundam, right? During the Castle Anorak? Yeah, he uh, had the Gundam. I, was he the Gundam? I thought H had the Gundam. H, uh... What did H have then? Oof, we're gonna have to go back oh, and man. fact check that. All right, I'll work <laughs> yeah. on that. I'll work on that. All right, R- Randy, what about you? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, my favorite reference, I mean, being a huge Back to the Future fan, was just the DeLorean, um, and the fact that it was like a customized one with kit, and then you had the Ghostbuster decals on the side with the mm-hmm. Ecto license plate. Um, we'll get into this a little bit later, but seeing the trailer for the movie coming out and the DeLorean all over it, I was like, hell yeah. So <laughs> just, I, I'm kind of bummed that in the book, the DeLorean wasn't really around too much. He didn't really use mm-hmm. it, but I was just happy that there were some back to the future references in there. So I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Um, so out of all the characters in the story, which one was your favorite? And it could be their avatar as well, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the real person. Oh, so let me pause you guys for a second. So it was Shoto was Raidin. I, I don't know who that who that is, but I'm looking at the picture. Shoto mm. was Raidin in the Battle of Castle Anorak. Parzival was Leo Pardon, um, and then he turned into Ultraman. Ultraman. And then um, H was the Gundam, and Artemis was Minerva. All right, gotcha. So, 
the question was again our favorite um, characters. Correct. Or avatars. <clears throat> and or avatars. Um Parzival was just like I I don't know, I just felt like I like he was kind of just me growing up. Like I was never like the coolest kid in class or um I never really had like a lot of friends, but the friends that I did have were like meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So like, Aww. you know, with H, I know Randy. Randy <laughs> um, so cute. <laughs> so cute. So cute. So um <laughs> you know, with a H and then he became friends with Artemis and ended up falling in love with Artemis. Um and Daito and Shoto, like I mean, Randy can remember the first time we played video games together, like we became mm. really close. Hashtag or like shout out to SOCOM, bring it back yeah. to the OG PS2 <laughs> network adapter. Oh, geez. Shout out. Um, so bad. Yeah, so bad. But um, so good. Mm. Um, so Parzival and um, Wade Watts were, were definitely my favorite characters in uh, Avatars. Right. And yeah, sick. Well, right. uh, I'm going to go way off base, man. I'm going to have to say I rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Huge character. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, with Sorrento, man. I want to go Whoa! with the big bad. with the bad guy. Crazy. Yeah. I, think so, I, I think I hate you right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's a gear in, in the in the wheel, obvi, but he he was kind of like the like the Darth Vader role, like he was working for like a bigger empire. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but he was like the executioner whenever they had some, literally the executioner whenever they had something going down and he you know they needed they needed to get that edge he would definitely go out there and do the dirty work um i also want to touch on uh, where did I, I saw this like after i had finished the book the first time i think it was a year or two ago um i was i got into like crazy ready player one research but somebody had wrote a short story about uh sorrento um, where he hates the Oasis like crazy. I guess it like killed his huh. sister. She got like addicted to it. And so she ended up killing herself. They like found her like hooked up to all of her gear and stuff. And she like died Jeez. Um, like in the Oasis that way. And so once he found that out, his whole mission was to shut down the Oasis. And the way that he saw it was by trying to get the Halliday's egg. And so this short story has him trying something with like a DeLorean and like going to like a special planet where they had like not the Aurora Borealis, but it's something crazy, like an event like that. It might have been the Aurora Borealis, but he he does something with like the DeLorean and it like makes him go through time and stuff. And he thinks like he's one like got a clue. This is all during during the the whole um, Easter egg hunt during that like five years where no one found anything. Yeah. And then he. uh it turns out that it was IOI's contest and they're like, congratulations. You've shown that you know quite a bit about Halliday and the eighties and everything. We want you to, to lead our Oology division. Uh. And then they're like, we need your name. And at the end you find out that it's Sorrento and you're like, Oh shit backstory. And then I heard the author of, of ready player one, Ernest Klein read this short story and was like, okay, this is Canon now. Dang. So, <laughs> Fan so fiction that's, to Canon. And fiction's a canon. So her hearing about that, it kind of like softens like, oh, he's not just a bad guy that gets a paycheck. Like <laughs> he also had his own agenda. He wanted to win to shut it all down because just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. 
<laughs> All so, right, yeah, that's man. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Like I, I didn't read that short story, but that's you know, like when you put, <clears throat> like when you put a storyline behind a character like that, then obviously like it puts some emotion behind it um, mm-hmm. and personality behind it, rather than just being Sorrento, just being the bad guy. Yeah, right, it, right. it doesn't. He's not just. He has motives now. It's not mm-hmm. him just. It's not being just him mean. being a dick for being a dick. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So that makes That's sense. Cool. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, favorite character avatar. Uh, he didn't have that big of a role, even though he was a pivotal character. But I'm gonna go with Og. Um, Ooh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly because. He's a DJ. Yeah, and he was killing it. No, um, because of what he wanted for the Oasis, how he stood in the shadows, he watched everything play out. But when it started to get out of hand, he intervened. He intervened, and like he said at the end, he used his powers for good. He saw that mm-hmm. IOI was gonna take over and basically ruin the game. Well, he didn't want that. He wanted the game to continue and the essence of the game to continue, mm-hmm. of Holiday's game to continue. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was super sick, especially at the end where he coordinated them all to show up at his house and he did all that. I thought that was pretty sick. That so, was pretty dope. Yeah, I'm going to go with Og. Good old Og. Og didn't choice, man. Yeah. That was a good choice. Um, Almost so, as good as Nolan Sorrento. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. So, oh, sorry. I went with the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> let me go back. Let me go back and uh, change it to uh, no. No, but it's it, it makes sense why. I mean, he's the main character. You yeah. know so much about him, and yeah. I think that helped with Rob's situation because he knew more about Sorrento. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, why do you think um, the characters appeared they would they did? in the Oasis versus the way they were in real life? Um, so Parzival was, um, I guess the big one we could talk about is age. Yeah. Um, but I'll just start off with uh, Parzival. Parzival, um, he was just your typical white boy kid, right, in the in Oasis. Yep. But he was, at the beginning of the, um, the book, he was kind of a chubbier kid in real life, IRL, right? Mm-hmm. Cause then he started working out. He had like, he had that like endless treadmill kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, again, like it's just more of like your personality and what you, what you think your personality would be rather than, rather than just creating your, um, like just creating an avatar that looks exactly like you. Um, same goes with Artemis, like everything, um, everything about Artemis, looked like samantha except Mm -hmm. that artemis didn't have the birthmark right right um and then h this was was the biggest one (laughs) yeah h is the biggest one um but um so h was just like i just didn't expect it you know like they were friends online and they were really good friends and you know when they first met, Parzival was like, dude, I, I shared intimate details with this person and they ended up not being a dude. Like, there's a lot of trust issues here. But then, like, once they got into the cab t- or the RV or cab together, they were just like, hey, 
like, and it was just no, back to normal. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> I feel like I feel the fact that there were avatars, and the fact that they were there were differences between the avatars and the characters was a great, um, you know, was just a great choice on Ernest Klein's part, just to show that, you know, you can be whoever you wanted to be in the Oasis, and it would still be your personality. Mm. Um, but yeah, Rob. Rob. All right. Oh. Um, well, <laughs> so I couldn't hear. I don't know if you were trailing off to like for for effect or anything. No. Um, I would say yeah. So I noticed like what it says about certain characters is that like there's some people that went completely unchanged. So you had people like Og, where they're saying like he looks pretty much the exact same way that he does in real life. Yeah. And then with Samantha. She was basically the same in the in the Oasis that she was in real life. The only thing was missing the birthmark. So I think it really just amplifies people's insecurities. So the more different that the person is in the Oasis than they are in real life, it's just just kind of, you know, they're trying not to highlight their insecurities. So she takes away her birthmark. You know, H changes his or her, like, sex or whatever to be, you know, more, uh, what's the word? Um, and race. And race, that's true, yeah. 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 Forgot yeah, about that. Because H's avatar in non PvP settings was a white male, right? Right, yeah. right, yeah. And H is H is actually Helen, who's mm-hmm. a black female. Right. Yep. Who's gay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then we'll probably go into this later, but um the trailer, I guess in PvP settings. Um, player versus player settings for those who don't know what PvP is. Um, in PvP settings, H was um, not a white male anymore. I guess he was like some like an orc or whatever. Yeah, yeah. At some least older. in the movie depiction, it's yeah, yeah more like an orc type <clears throat> guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah I mean H. Like you guys touched on already, H was the biggest one. Um, I mean, there's not much I can really add. You guys definitely hit on everything. But I got another question for you guys. When you guys create characters in video games, do you follow the H route? Or do you follow the Artemis route? Where, or no, I'll say Parzival route. Where it's basically you. Um, It's, it's funny because I remember we just got back into gta yeah uh grand theft auto <laughs> and then everyone's like oh that looks just you know that looks exactly like you and then <laughs> i don't think it looks like me it's similar to me but everyone's like your character looks exactly like you so i think i try to make characters that look exactly like me just because it's funny you know like yeah. seeing your character like you know seeing your grand theft auto character like break into a car and then fly off and you know it's just funny like and then, you know, with the Wii, like, you're just, like, your me character in the Wii, in the Wii U universe is, like, it looks like you, but a very cartoonish, generic version. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, I yeah, so I I, uh, I create characters based on what I look like. Hmm. Okay. Uh, for... For me, when I get to that character creation screen, I'm just trying to start the game already. <laughs> uh, I, I usually, I will go to, if it has like one of those randomizer buttons, I'll just uh-huh. click that a few times until like a guy looks like 
looks dope or whatever. I'm like, all right, I'll go with this. So I think originally, I mean, I tried to mess with one of those games and it was some like crazy uh, like JDM or like Japanese like RPG. And it had it so you could set your like height and weight and stuff. And I like tried to set it to my own and I was like a fat freshman <laughs> in high school and stuff. And when I set it to my height and weight, I was like, this guy is fucking fat. I'm not going to stick with this. <laughs> so, so then I changed it up so that I look like the, the, you know, the hero that's on the box closely. Um, I so I would say that I, I probably wouldn't highlight the, uh, my exact, exact stuff. I would probably, uh, embellish a little bit there. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure like everybody or most people would too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I basically do the same thing. Uh, I mean, I'm a pretty small guy, so I'm not gonna, for the most part, I don't make my character small. <laughs> I try to make them look at least a little ripped, <laughs> but Dang. Um, if I have the time and the motivation, yeah, I'll go through and make my character look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly for the immersion, I guess you could say. Uh, you're playing, I mean, for lack of better words, a fantasy game. So why not get into it to the point where it's like that—that's me running around in there doing whatever you want in a world like GTA. Just imagine, yeah, I'm running around stealing cars and doing heists and stuff because in real life i'm not gonna do that you know what i mean i'm just a boring old guy playing video games so why not add that little bit of immersion you know so yeah i'll go through the work most of the time to make my character look like me um but do you guys think that the world of ready player one so the story took place in 2045, or it started in 2045. Right, so, like 2044, 2045. So not, yeah, yeah, not that far ahead from now. Do you mm-hmm. think that we're getting there? Um, like it's it's such a dystopian future in a sense, like the stacks. Like I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. Um, like the way they made the stack sound and the way it's portrayed in the trailer was it's just a bunch of RV trailers just stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen. Like, we have high-rise buildings. Um, you know, we have apartment buildings. Um, but you got to remember, he lived there in the stacks because they were broke. You know what I mean? So yeah. what if they couldn't afford to live in those apartments? Because, yeah, later he ended up living in an apartment because he got a crazy amount money. of money. Um, I honestly like aside. So like aside from the stacks, I I don't think we're too far out from like something like the Ready Player One world, just because we already have virtual reality games like with HTC Vive. We've had the PS4 VR, yeah. Um, and we have the you know uh, Oculus, and we have stuff like that, and where it's not like. Not as in depth as the Oasis is. <clears throat> it is still like pretty in depth um, virtual reality and virtual reality games. Um, yeah, you know, twenty forty five. That's like what twenty five years from now. I mean, look at like the just about the, the leaps and bounds that we made in gaming in like the last ten years. Yeah, and we so so we got VR now. You're, you're talking about twenty five years from now, like. Could it get that real where it's super, 
super affordable. I think what do they charge everybody like twenty five cents for the original? Like, come yeah, on, man! If, so, if some if some company came out like that and then they were like offering you your your first OG like setup when you're in grade school, like to go to school at first, like come on, dude! People are taking that faux yeah. show. And like we have, you know, like with the whole high school online thing, like they have mm-hmm. that, you know, they have online classes for yeah. college already. Like that's, that's not too far off. Um, mm-hmm. Like the whole haptic suit um, and feeling like the feeling of being in the, uh, in the virtual reality world. Uh, like, I just, I think that's going to be hard to replicate in real life. Uh, you know, at least for now, I don't know in 2044, um like in 20 something years but um i just don't know if i believe in the haptic suit but like the oasis and and virtual reality like it's here like we're like you know i've played with the htc vive already and it's really crazy like yeah like (laughs) you're so immersed in this virtual reality game you almost forget where you are and like like you can hear your buddies in the background and you know like you kind of it's second thought that you're in your buddy's living room but mm-hmm. at the same time like you're focused at the task at hand and like i remember we played a scary game and we're just like dude like i can't do this like it's very scary i'm totally immersed in this like this dolby 7.1 audio in my ears like i just can't <laughs> like, like i just can't do this so I yeah I don't think the world of Ready Player One is that far off from us. Like they said, a dystopian future, but it's not too far off from where we're at. Rob. Yeah, and then um, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna say 100% agree with the way VR video games and stuff are going. Um, and then like I said, when I first finished the book, I wanted to do a, a bunch of research, and so I found like the subreddit for Ready Player One, and like every few months, somebody will post something like, "Oh, check out this. We're one step closer to the Oasis." <laughs> And it'll be like, you know, one of those opti or uh, what is it? Optidimensional um, treadmills where like whatever way you sidestep or like run or yeah. walk backwards, it'll like mm-hmm. go with you. And like you're just harnessed in at the hip. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's it's almost here. You know what I mean? Like, just, I think yeah, the biggest thing right now is just the price point. Like once that technology starts getting smaller and cheaper, just like with the VR headsets before they used to be like some crazy price but now yeah. they're getting more and more affordable i mean the the playstation vr i think like you know you need a pro system or the regular system for like 200 bucks and then uh, the vr bundles are going for like 250 i mean it's it's pretty affordable if, if you if you're if you got some disposable income um yeah i could see that man as far as like the future with like the dystopia i think part of it was caused by the Oasis in the book. Like people got so hooked into the Oasis that they started letting other things go like I can see that. weight loss like and like their jobs. And so, yeah. yeah, I think he says in the books, like everybody kind of, you know, they, they couldn't afford to stay in the center of the city. So that's why they had these stacks, which were still built like close by. So you could still get that nasty bandwidth and electricity and stuff. But it's, it's, you know, like for me in my head, I was picturing it kind of like how Japan is where they, they kind of run out of space, so they're just stacking everybody on top of each other like that. Yeah, yeah, all major um, cities basically. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I mean, I could, I could definitely see that, man. And just the way that everybody, just like look at cell phones, like everybody carries one around because the technology got smaller, it got cheaper, it got more affordable. Um, 
just imagine dude if once like you can you can already strap your freaking smartphone to your face right now and do some vr or like (laughs) altered reality man it's yeah like 25 years from now man it's gonna be nuts me at (laughs) comic-con i knew you were gonna bring that up (laughs) (laughs) for the listeners out there let's let's tell everybody how immersed you were what you want to tell the story so immersed so like at comic-con they handed out these cardboard um goggles for uh, legendary pictures, legendary pictures brought out these cardboard goggles, like the um, oh, like the Google, Google VR. Yeah, Google VR, and then um, you download this app on your phone, and then you'll become totally immersed. in, I think they had Pacific Rim on there. We had they had like Crimson something on there. Crimson, I don't know, some scary movie. Yeah, for something. Yeah, yeah. yeah Crimson Peaks. Um, and they had <clears throat> was it Fantastic Beast? No, that's not legendary. They had another one where you're on Dragon, and then. I was, oh, dude, it's Comic Con's huge, and we'll go over that. We'll go over that eventually. But um, so I'm sitting there in the middle of the concourse, and you know we're just taking a rest break, and then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna try it out. So I'm like, downloaded it, put the cardboard bo- goggles on, and I was like, had my had the goggles up to my face, and I'm like immersed. I'm like big Skyrim, um, not Skyrim, Pacific Rim fan. And um, like totally immersed in this, in this uh, what do they call the um, what do they call the robots? The oh, the kaiju. Oh, the, oh, the Jaegers. Uh, yeah. yeah. So we're in the Jaeger, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, this is tight, getting hype. And I'm like, dude, you guys gotta try this. And the the simulation ends, and I take off the goggles and I look around me, and you guys were like nowhere near me, <laughs> and I was like. I felt like such a dumbass. And I was like standing there, and like you guys come from around the corner, like a pillar or something. And you guys like giggling so hard, dude. And I was like, I was just looking around me. I'm like, okay, you guys got me good. You guys got me. Good. So that was uh, yeah. so. So yeah, while you were jacked, <laughs> so while you were jacked into the oasis, I like signaled to everybody. I was like, you guys, let's go hide. <laughs> so that's where we all went to hide. And I think. Since we left, some other people came and like sat near you. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it opened up looked, an yeah, area for people yeah. to sit. I looked over and I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> you're not my friends." Oh, <laughs> oh dude, that was great. So that was good. Great. Well, well played. So already we can see the effects, the the pros and the cons of being fully immersed. <laughs> yeah, she could she could go south, especially if you have dick friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are great friends. Oh, Alright, so let's get back on topic. Uh, so why do you think that this book did so well? Um, so the book came out in 2011. Um, yeah. The dystopian future of 2011. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it came out in 2011 and I honestly never heard of it. I, I remember you guys like spoke about it and said some great things about it. I've always wanted to get into it, but again, I just don't have the time or patience to read a book, regardless of how long or short it is. Um, like this, the audio book really helped out because I have long workouts. Um, you know, I'm like running for you know four hours at a time, and I'm just like, let's listen, let's knock out this audio book. So it really worked out. Um, the book did probably did really well because of where we are as a society and like the the demographic it you know the demographic it um like reached out to and reached out to the the 80s kids and it reached out to um it reached out to all those people who were 
who liked those references and like it just it um like i you guys told me about all the references and i was like no way and then we saw the trailer <laughs> at comic-con and i was like all right i gotta i gotta get into this and um like you know once you've read the book and like you're just really into the references and you're kind of just wishing like okay what's the next reference like how does he get to the next gate you know like like all that stuff and it just it was a really good book and like for geeks nerds whatever you are um like for those people who attend comic-con like it's it's a great read um and it's it's just a fun read and i like honestly i wish i can just experience that whole book over again without having been um spoiled the ending because that was it was a great (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i i 100 agree i think a lot of it had to do with the the 80s references. I think that speaks to a big chunk of nerd culture. I feel like that nerd culture window for a lot of people is right around that time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like the, just the majority of like adults and uh, just the way that it kind of fell. Like uh, for the most part, the majority of people that I talked to have experienced the 80s in some way, shape or form, or they're like 90s babies and I don't, just once I find that out, I just don't talk to those people anymore. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, yeah, I, I, f- I feel like at some point, like the 80s has, has touched people's lives in some way, whether it was video games, whether it was movies or or music or something. And that's what I think that the book plays on is it kind of a lot of it does take from the 80s, but a lot of it also speaks to, you know, the gamers, the nerds, like it, it's it touches so many circles. And it, it, it's and the other I think the other part of it is that it, it is a really good story at heart. Besides the references, um, Ernest Klein does a really good job. First of all, it might be a little too much exposition where like he's explaining things down to like just ridiculous details. Really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. He but the it. It's it kind of it was a lot when I was listening to Will Wheaton tell me, but when I, when I read the book the first time, <laughs> I was I was just like racing through this book as quickly as I could, and it like he put so much detail and stuff in in the in the story that uh, it, you paint the picture in your head and you, it, you it's like very visceral, it's very real. You feel like oh you know I I feel like I can see him doing these things and I. I'm really happy that I got to read the book before I saw the trailer because yeah. I think what happens is that when you see the trailer or bits and pieces from the movie, you kind of start having those images in your mind. So yep. when you see Parsifal in the trailer, that's who appears in, for you in the book where for me it was like, oh, he still looks like a regular kid where like in the trailer now he kind of looks like a like a digital version of himself. So I'm I'm happy that I got to not have it tainted. I got to like paint the picture myself at first. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, there, there. The book has a lot going for it. Um. Yeah, man. It, there's, there's just way too many reasons for, for why it did so well. Yeah. Uh. I think it was perfect timing. I mean, yeah, it came out in 2011. Um. Mm-hmm. But I think it really started getting traction when, well, obviously, it had to do well for um movie studio to figure out that they're going to make a movie about it but Mm -hmm. i think just in society now we're all about nostalgia like how many things in the last couple years are retro 
like just <laughs> Nintendo coming out with the classic NES and the Super Nintendo. Like just right. those two things alone, it's like they're capitalizing on how much people care about the past. When it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we have VR headsets and all this and that, but at the end, we're still spending money on things that take us back to the past. I mean, we're into shoes, and how much money have we spent on retro shoes instead of shoes with new technology? You know what I mean? I think that's kind of ingrained in our kind of culture um, Mm -hmm. that we always look back. And I mean, how many times do we think about the good old days watching Saturday morning cartoons and stuff like that, that isn't here anymore. And yeah, I think this book takes us there. It takes us to those times where it's like, man, I remember the first time I saw back to the future and this book has that in there or um, just all the other countless references. Oh, the iron giant or Spider-Man or whatever. Um, Gundam. All those little things, or Gundam, yeah, yeah, those things that bring us back. And when the book came out, it was right at that time where we were in the age group where we would read a book. Because just think, like growing up, unless we had to read a book, we probably weren't going to do it. We'd rather play video games or go outside or go hang out with friends. But now that we're getting a little bit older, and I think that our age group is more open to reading books like obviously Mm -hmm. we read the book um Mm -hmm. it resonates more um and i think that's that's one reason why it's doing so well um yeah and and it's it blows my mind because i i I didn't actually know when the book was published i looked to see i thought it was within the last couple years but it was like 2011 i was like okay but you got to think within that timeline of only you know, six, seven years, Warner Brothers read the book and they were like, oh, dude, we want the rights to this. We don't know if we're going to make the movie and stuff yet, but we want to buy the rights. And yeah. it was like, that's crazy for it to become like a New York Times like bestseller and for everybody to start picking up in 2011. And then it's like now it's being made into a movie and like not even 10 years later. Like, that's insane. But, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was it was just it's good to have like a um it's good that we're having the movie coming out now and happening like what seven years after the book came out like and then being a nerd and having that nerd culture um it just it's great like being a nerd and having read the book and then now we're seeing it come to fruition with um the movie like imagine how everyone felt when harry potter went from the book to the movie and everyone was like you know and then you know there's glaring differences and people may say the books were better than the movie but at the end of the day like now you get a picture to go along with the book you know so like so i'm just really excited um just to see these just to see these references come to life and um not be left to my own imagination with these references and in the book but now i get to visualize and see these references in action and in person and I get to see IOI and the Sixers and I get to see parts of all and all this other stuff. So I'm really excited for everything. Nice. Nice. So speaking of the movie, it's coming out in three weeks. What do you think 
is going to be in the movie and what do you think isn't going to be in the movie? Ooh, man. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because I think every night this last, since I've finished the movie or since I finished the book, I've went over and looked at every single trailer, like Comic-Con trailer, trailer number yeah. one, trailer number two. And I think the trailer, the third trailer is out, the final trailer. Um, so I've just, I've dissected every trailer there is. Um, and I've read a lot of, um, you know, discussions about the trailers and how I personally think the joust fight won't be in it just because like, if you think about it, like in the book, it was great, you know, like, yeah. cause you know, we're nerds and we know what joust is and we're kind of like, Oh, you know, like he's playing joust to win a key. Like it was really funny and witty, but in reality, no one wants to watch somebody play joust. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to sit there for like 15 minutes while he plays joust against the Lich King. So if you guys watch the trailer, um, the first, you know, every, I think every trailer they show the uh, race, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, the race where Parzival is in the DeLorean. And right before they take off from the race, it shows on the side ticker that this is the race for the Copper Key. So it's the first race. And it's the first gate, as you will, um, if you will, for the uh, copper key. Um, so I get it. Like, you know, this is a movie versus the book. And while the book showed Joust, the movie is now a race. And I'm excited to see how it translates um, to a race. Because I remember in Joust, like, the reason why the Joust fight was so fun to listen to or to read was because Parzival knew... Like, okay, I'm getting my ass whooped. Like, what's going on? And he, he like, immediately had this, like, Slumdog Millionaire moment. It's like, you know what? I remember playing it um, playing it with H, and I was playing on the other side. So let me just switch it up. And then the Lich King was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> you know, and the Lich King. Oh, what? <laughs> what? You want to go to the other side? I don't All know. All right. And, yeah. And he got whooped. And, you know, the Lich King got whooped. And, like, that... That was a whole like moment where it's like, yeah, that's right, Parzival is king. Um, but now it's like, how is Parzival going to have the upper, you know, the upper hand in the race? Like more, yeah, you know. <clears throat> so I think, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be a difference in the trailer or in the movie um, uh, that I can see. And there, there's others, but I'll, we can talk about that some more once you guys are done. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, right away, like, kind of spoiling the movie for myself, watching the trailer, I, I did see that there's some differences in the battle um, at Castle Anorak. I was expecting it to be some crazy mecha, you know, uh, Jaegers, and, like, I wanted a big, bad robot fight with Mecha Godzilla. That would have been Ultraman. sick. That would have been but too I- sick. But I knew from the jump and like other discussions and stuff that it wasn't going to happen because of all the rights and like the yep. the the international rights to to, to certain characters, especially because a, a lot of like, especially like I felt at least in the third act, there were a lot more like JDM or uh, Japanese character references and stuff. And I was like, oof, I don't know if that stuff's going to clear. And so I, I my expectation for the for the movie is for there's still going to be that epic battle, but it's not going to be a big, you know, mech fight, yeah. which would have been nasty. 
So. Yeah, because <laughs> in the trailer, like, um, I think the Iron Giant, obviously they don't have the rights to Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, and the, I, I believe that's Ultraman's taking place, uh, is replaced by the Iron Giant, which yeah, is right. cool because cause the public, like the American public at least, not everybody knows who Ultraman is. And I don't, yeah. you know, right. you know, we can't hold that against the general public. So seeing the Iron Giant, I remember like in the con- in Hall H during Comic Con when they played it, like once the Iron Giant came on, they're like, we all like cheered because it's like, dude, <laughs> it's it's the Iron Giant. Like we haven't seen it in so long, and um, it was just, you know, like I think that's they're making good, um, they're replacing characters with other good characters, and I really don't mind it. Um, mm-hmm. like I, I can separate the book from the movie, um, cause they're, they're similar, but they're not going to be the same entity. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing other references. Yeah. And I mean, and uh, like, like you said, there, the, there's going to be the race for the copper key. Now, like you said, Joust would have been boring as shit to watch. Cause I mean, like we've all been at our friend's house watching your friend play and you're like this yep. is boring <laughs> yeah yep. I can't, can't wait to play and know, then he has to like... do it three times like yeah. for each gate he plays a game yeah yeah and like so i i think it was a good uh a good liberty that spielberg and the studio is taking by making it like an exciting race and i mean the the footage that we've seen from the race I mean, oh like, man oh jumping around <laughs> you have the bike from akira so yep. i mean Big there yeah, yeah, they're they're doing some some pretty nasty stuff. So I'm hyped for some of the changes they've made. I think it'll still it'll still still so, be exciting and still so capture that craziness. The last podcast we talked about was Cloverfield. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I don't want to revisit that. Anyway, so the last podcast we reviewed was Cloverfield, and I saw on the Ready Player One subreddit, um, they said that during the Copper Key race. Um, King Kong is there, and you see King Kong, uh-huh. and then you mm-hmm. see the you see the uh, um, the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Yep, but you don't see who King Kong is fighting. And then I guess somebody found it. The King King Kong was fighting the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> Did you guys no. see that? <laughs> uh, I saw the I saw that I saw that post on Reddit. Someone had seen like leaked footage of it, and I think it got taken down. Like. Somebody had posted it and it got taken down like immediately. So, so it's floating I, out there, it may be true, but we may have to revisit last week's podcast. <laughs> well, just to touch on that, uh, having Cloverfield in there, it's awesome that they're adding characters that were that were released after 2011. So, like, mm-hmm. if you watch a trailer, like, well. This is before 2011 too, but like Master Chief from the Halo series, they're running around. Um, I forget her name from Overwatch, but she's in there. Oh, Tracer. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's pretty sick how they're making it relevant to, I guess you could say, younger audiences. Younger audiences that maybe didn't read the book or were mm-hmm. too young back in 2011. Maybe now they're 18 and they're playing Overwatch and they're really into it. And yeah. now they see their characters in there. So I think that's pretty sick that they're doing that. And I think mm-hmm. it makes sense to have new characters that they can get the licenses for fill yeah. in for the characters that they can't. 
Um, oh man, good point. Yeah, so I I think it's a good call. Um, what won't be in the movie? Uh, let me scroll back. Let me try to remember what happened. Yeah, anytime he plays a, an actual game, I don't think that's gonna mm-hmm. be in there. Maybe once, just to show like what he does inside of a a gate. But I don't think we're gonna be sitting there watching him play Black Tiger. Or the flick sinks. Like I just don't oh, think yeah, that's gonna happen. Those take way too long, and we're trying to fit a 16-hour audiobook into two hours or two and a half hours. I heard it's a long movie, um, so I'll give it two and a half hours. And trying to fit all that in there, not gonna happen. Um, yeah. Especially trying to cater to everybody, it just doesn't. It's not gonna work yeah what what did you guys what did you guys think of the flick sync like idea like in my head i pictured it as like a guitar hero kind of thing where like you have to or like karaoke i guess where you have to like hit the words and like actions at the right time um i oh sorry good good so i i thought that was great like um i didn't watch any of those movies that were mentioned uh, in the book but like you know they talked about holy grail and they talked about war games um like I didn't watch any of those movies, but I thought that the flick sinks were just great. Like it was just, it was really funny. Um, it was like, and you know, it's like Guitar Hero, like you said, or um, like Dance Dance Revolution, mm-hmm. where like you have these moments and these like um, that you have to hit these moments, and you have, and based on that, um, based on your act, you know, the act or the portrayal of your character then you get points. Kind of like um, that old PlayStation game, Parappa the Rapper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, you're playing Parappa the Rapper, and you're like, you know, kick, punch. Um, that first one, I remember that from the demo. Yep. Because that's the only, yeah. <laughs> um, and you're just, you know, that I, that's exactly what it felt like. Like, the flick syncs were like Parappa the Rapper, and you're just, you know, you're just so, like, into it. And, and Pars of All knew you know, like he knew everything about um, war games, and um, uh, the last one was uh, Monty Grail. Python, yeah, Holy Grail, and he just he had it down to even the accent for Holy Grail, and Artemis and H and Shaito or Shoto were all like giggling in the background because he was just so good at it, and mm-hmm. like it sucks that that's not going to be in the movie, but it was great to listen to in you know in real time. Yeah, when when. Sure that part was going on in the book the way i imagined it was he was in the movie like it was completely recreated and Mm. essentially yeah it was like a ddr type setup where you have to you have to do the command at a specific time but i just didn't imagine the actual arrows you know what i mean or like a karaoke type setup with the words on the bottom no he just had to do it and yeah, he was just that's in the exactly world. how I meant it. Yeah, and he was just walking around doing his thing. I, yeah, I thought that was sick. But like I said, it would just take way too long to pull that off. And not only that, but like, you know, you have to deal with the rights. Now you have to have Matthew yep. McConaughey. Or was it Matthew, Matthew Broderick? Sorry. Yeah. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> 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 Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> one of the, the flick sinks was Magic Mike. You know, <laughs> you know that'd be a dope flick sink. Um, Olivia Munn, shout out if you're listening. Um, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, like the flicks, the whole flick sync, it's great, it, but it wouldn't translate well to the movie. Um, so I don't imagine it being a part of the movie. Um, and then let me bring something up with you, with you guys. Um, in the in the book, they talked about the missing millions, um, and how he parts of all never met Artemis ever. You know, they were just like this. They were just like an online acquaintance, and they like, I guess, quote unquote, dating and the Oasis. But in the trailers, it kind of looked like they knew each other for a little bit. Yep. Like outside of you know outside of the Oasis. So I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on that. So uh, uh, I'll go. I'll go first, real quick, because yeah, yeah, there are many things that I'm like, wait a minute, but I get it. So the big one, the theme of the trailer is obviously the crazy things that are in the oasis and they're getting chased right those are basically the two main themes of the trailer but i was trying to think in the book when were they physically getting chased at any point by ioi yeah by ioi and there were so many differences like yeah they didn't physically meet in the book until literally the very the end very end yeah, yeah like the last what few pages scene, if that yeah, yeah last yeah, scene yeah. Mm-hmm. um and then another thing was the chase scene with h's rv right this mm-hmm. you probably you might not even noticed it because it they blended it in pretty well but the one time that the rv was actually mentioned and showed quote unquote in the book was when they were driving from to pick up um, Parzival to take them to the airport. That was the only time. That was the only time, yeah. Yeah, but then next thing you know, she's practicing her Mario Kart and driving <laughs> around in the town. So I was like, "All right, you know, I, I get it. It's they're adding they're adding things in the real world for the story because if they mm-hmm. didn't, then it would just be VR the entire time, basically." Yeah. Um, so I get it, and those are just a few things that are a little different, <laughs> but they're kind of a big deal. But we'll in see. the book, they're a big deal in the book, or the big deal in like all together. Because I, again, like I can separate the two between the book and the movie, and like I think they're making the necessary, um, the necessary changes. Oh yeah. To you know, to appeal to a movie audience instead of a yeah, book audience, definitely. you know, like. Uh, like 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 we said, you can't watch somebody play Joust. Yeah, you know, like that's that's boring. Like, there's no way to get around it. You know, the flick scenes while they were cool in the book, there's no way to translate that to the movie. Um, same with um the raid in the trailer of IOI or what looks like IOI. Yeah. Um, I just I feel like that's a necessary evil, necessary change from the book i don't know where it took place in the book but i just, i honestly think it's necessary and i i regardless of what the changes were i'm still so excited to see the movie oh yeah definitely yeah all right so overall what did you guys think of the book um i like i, I said i mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast but i just i really wish i could go back and just relive this whole book 
without being spoiled and knowing what happens next. Like, and it goes, you know, that just goes for every movie, like watching a movie again or, um, you know, listening to music again. It's just like, you kind of, you already know what's going to happen. Yeah. There's no way. Like, um, when La La Land came out, the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, <laughs> I was, I was so beside myself at the very ending. Um, I was so beside myself, but then watching it again and again, it was kind of like, just took the, you know, took the feeling out of the ending and cause you kind of just know what to expect. So like, I loved the book. Um, I would love to read it again. Um, maybe a couple years down the line when I forget all about this. Um, and yeah, I just, oh man, it was a great experience. Uh, yeah, man. No, I, I, I agree. I thought it was a, a fantastic book. I remember when I got the, um, the actual like hard, not well, yeah, hard copy book, paperback or whatever. Um, I didn't put it down. I finished it in like three days or something like that. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we touched on this too much, but the way that Ernest Klein writes the chapters, and you kind of get it a little bit with the way that Will Wheaton reads it. He kind of <laughs> leaves like so there's some like major cliffhangers at the end of these chapters where like yeah, once oh, yeah. you get to the end, you're like, oh shit, he ran into somebody in the tomb of horrors like i gotta find out what happens next or um you know he'd end it i can't think of like a certain moment but he'd be like you know and then i found out that i had dropped to like third place or something or you know it when said was nolan sorrento was number one or yeah stuff like that where you're like oh yeah yeah <laughs> you're like these like major you know cliffhangers and so yeah, that uh, I, I I highly recommend the book. Um, I I yeah, I thought it was a it was a great book. Um, I would recommend both. You know, either take it whatever medium you can get it. Um, paperback is dope, but don't skip out on the the audio book by Will Wheaton. <laughs> it's super good. Man. Yeah. Good uh, job. Oh, what's up? No, no, just yeah. He he does he does a good job. Oh yeah. Uh. Yeah, I totally recommend it. I loved it. Uh, I'm not a big book reader to begin with, so I was very happy to find out that there was an audiobook, uh, especially one that was narrated by Will Wheaton. Um, <laughs> one thing, the way that the book is written is a little bit harder to read than just listening to the audiobook. What I mean by that is... In the audiobook, it's one smooth dialogue. In the book, the way that it's actually written, mm -hmm. it has, I forget what it's called, like um, basically the little markers that tell you to go to the bottom of the page and it oh, explains more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So sure. as you're reading, it doesn't go straight into the description of what he's talking about. You actually have to go down to the bottom of the page, find the number, whatever, let's say three, and three is this reference compared to the audiobook where it just goes right into that description, which is kind of nice because it's smooth. You know what I mean? So just a little critique was that about the book. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still a great story. Um, and that's just coming from me, and I'm not very into books to begin with, so mm -hmm. that might just be me nitpicking. Uh, so, 
Uh, we kind of skipped over, like we mentioned the trailers, but mm-hmm. we didn't really get to talk about them like in depth. Um, what were you guys' favorite parts of the trailer? Trailers. You guys have a favorite trailer? Because I know there's like three or four out. And then what would yeah. be your favorite part? Rob, you can go for it. Mm, um, I would say the, the part I'm most hype about is to see the DeLorean in action on that Copper Key race. Oh my God. The, the sequences I've seen look amazing. There's a, in one part in particular, he actually goes into like Back to the Future 2 mode where the wheels fold up underneath it. Oh, and he yes. like, uses, that was so sexy, dude. Uses that to like dude. power slide or something underneath something else. And I was like, oh, so nasty. <laughs> in the um like in hall h right like and then i remember leaving hall h and i was just like so into that trailer and then it didn't occur to me but it was the um uh willy wonka soundtrack yep oh man yeah that That was an ill touch oh my gosh and then like the back to the future car was drifting around the fountain um yeah dude that was that was just a great um scene randy uh for me and it's funny because it's like really tiny is at Mm. the very end of the trailer when it changes from saying one thing to another they play the little jingle from back to the future (laughs) and that little thing i was like it's a very subtle yeah if you're not a huge back to the future fan you'll miss it but like yep I've heard it as like some people's ringtones. So when I hear yeah. it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> the moment I heard oh, it, I was man. like, oh, which trailer is this? Huh? It's, I want to it? say it's the OG one. The Comic Con I think so, yeah. All I right, forget. I'm going to go back uh, and watch every trailer then. Because I, I it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the transitions on when it's like the title cards at the end. It says like Ready Player One. And then when it switches to like the list oh, of the cast. Oh, yeah. It goes, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, exactly. sick. <laughs> I know exactly what you guys are talking about. Um, Such a nasty touch. Like the yeah, audio. So yeah, yeah. That was, that was nasty. Um, I, I, have you guys been talking about the original Comic-Con trailer? Because I'll just go off of that. Uh, I honestly don't remember... Uh, the differences between the Comic-Con one and the other ones. Well, they didn't show the Gundam in the Comic-Con trailer. Oh. Yeah, that's that was something um, new that showed up. But just um, speaking on the Comic-Con trailer, since we're, we've all talked about it, um, I think our mo- like the most hype I got was... Uh, um, yeah, definitely seeing the DeLorean and drifting underneath the... Uh, yeah. You know, drifting underneath the semi and then the Akira bike, like that was just like just so badass and just seeing everything, like seeing all of these um all this madness and greatness and re- references in the same and you know, in the same movie. It's like like the Bigfoot truck and then I didn't know who yeah. it was, but now it's like eight I know it's H now. Um and then Artemis is on the the Akira bike and then Parzival is in is in the DeLorean. Like it's just so many references and like seeing that on a trailer was just I'm oh my god the nerd inside of me is like can it, <laughs> can it already be like March 29th I think that's when oh, it's, it's gonna out. be so good but it's so great I think it's trivia time boys oh jeez here we go <laughs> um so this is our first time doing this trivia but hopefully gonna make it an ongoing thing with every podcast um we're just gonna test uh 
two of our uh, uh, two of the guys um, in the podcast uh, against each other to see who knows the most about whatever we're casting about this week. So obviously this week we're going to be having trivia regarding the Ready Player One uh, book. Um, and these questions are all, the answers are all found within the book. This isn't some like stuff that I uh, pulled out of my ass or <laughs> went like deep. Like it's none of that Nolan Sorrento short story stuff. This is all. Yeah, because uh, I had no idea that existed. That's <laughs> <laughs> called PS on you. I'm like, ah, here, dude. But um, um, with that being said, so uh, the way this is going to go, and uh, yeah, we haven't really done any run through or anything yet. Um, I think we're going to have is one of you guys is going to get off the headphones for a sec, and then I'll ask the questions. Um, I have 10 questions. You'll have 10 seconds to answer each one or pass, um, and then we'll get the, the other guy back on, so that way um, we're not like competing with each other, like trying to jump in with the answers. Okay. Does that sound good? All right, so I'll step off, and then um, you guys can like text me when it's yeah. ready to come back. All right, so okay. I'll, I'll, I'll step off now. All right. For sure. All right, Randy boy, are you ready right. for the Ready Player One trivia game? Sure. <laughs> All right. So you're gonna have ten seconds with each one, with each uh, right. question, and then you can pass um, if you if you're not getting it. Okay. All right. So ready? Uh, yep. What is Wade's middle name? Oh, uh, I remember starting with an O. I want to say Oswald, but it's not. <laughs> All right. That is not right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll get Alan. Uh, come All right. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait. Right, oh. I'm going to go through all 10 questions. Okay. 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 What? Um, no. Sorry, Go man. away. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going away. All right. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Second question. So we'll go all through all 10. Um, gotcha. And then gotcha. we'll get it back on. Okay. All right. Second question. Ogden Morrow invites the high five to his birthday party at the yep. Distracted Globe. How old was he turning? Jesus, dude. You have been out the most obscure questions. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, give you all the softball. Uh, pass, dude. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Pass. Um, what fictional place does Ogden Morrow's mansion resemble? Uh, it was. Uh, no, it wasn't the Blade Runner place, and that was the one that was shaped that was... as a pyramid. Um, right. Oh, uh, the Lord of the Rings, uh, Elvish place. Uh... uh, I'll give it to you. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was Rivendell. Yeah, Rivendell. Awesome. There you go. There you go. Because right. likes it. Okay. Yep. Um, all right. Which, uh, so question four, which artifact transforms the user into Ultraman for three minutes? Wasn't it the little figure? Oh, no, that's that's the uh, the other ones. Uh, that's the one that he ended up giving to the the brothers. I'm going to have to pass. Right, time's up, man. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> pass. Uh, how many crystal keys are required to open the crystal gate? Uh, three. All right. Which uh, I don't think is going to make the movie. <laughs> oof. All right. Bold <laughs> statement. What was the name of Wade's aunt that died in the stacks? Oh, man. Oh, I don't know the aunt. 
actually, I don't remember anybody. I just remember he didn't really care for her, and he actually cared more about that other uh, lady. All right, all so right. pass. I'm doing horrible. <laughs> what is Daito's real name? Yep, pass. <laughs> <laughs> what what prize is uh, obtained by beating Pac-Man with a perfect score on the Planet Arcade? Oh, that was the the quarter. Nice, nice. Okay, what is the name of Wade's ship? Oh man, I remember it was the one from Serenity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the oh, I was just thinking about it earlier. I forget the name. I'm just gonna pass for sake of time. All right. And last question: What is Nolan Sorrento's six-digit IOI employee number? What the? F- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get Alan. <laughs> okay. All right. Am I supposed to leave? Or I can uh, You can in stay now. on. Yeah, you, you've yeah. heard the answers, so you're good. All right. Just don't Here give them away or make yeah. fun of them, I guess. All right, ready. <laughs> this is gonna be two. great. Ready, player two. All right, yeah. dude, you ready? Is, right. is Randy leaving or? No, I no he can say on. You heard the answers. That's he just can't. <laughs> if you want, you can, you can leave. I guess. Yeah, you can leave, man. No. Leave. Okay. <laughs> you, you can stay. <laughs> I just want to laugh. Alan. You can't laugh. You can't laugh at my... Okay, fine. Hand. I won't laugh. Yeah. All right. Question one, Alan. What wait, 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 is... wait, wait, wait. Wait, oh, wait, wait. sorry. Are there any rules? Like, or is it just Oh, like... yeah. Sorry. I thought you were still listening at that time. Um, So yeah. there's 10 questions. You have 10 seconds to answer each question. Um, okay. You can pass if you don't know what it is okay um yeah. and that's about it man all right oh my god all right. all right all right what is wade's middle name owen oh okay okay uh that's uh that's correct uh ogden morrow's uh sorry ogden morrow invites the high five to his birthday party at the distracted globe how old was he turning Oh, pass, dude. <laughs> Holy smoke. <laughs> you know what took a shot? Uh, considering everything, I'm going to go with 64. Okay. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the answer is 73. He's turning 73 years old. Oh, I was off by nine years. All right. Uh, what fictional place does Ogden Morrow's mansion resemble? Ooh, gosh. Oh man, ah, uh, dude, I don't, I don't know. The only thing I think I can think of is Castle Anorak, and that's obviously wrong. You mm, um, would not design that shit after that. Yeah. No. What is it? The answer is Rivendell from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Ah, uh, yeah, not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. No, he uh, designed it for his boo. His boo was into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, all right, next question. Which artifact transforms the user into Ultraman for three minutes? Oh, the beta capsule. Oh, do I get extra points? Do I get extra points for pronouncing like Will Wheaton? (laughs) You poseur, (laughs) you poseur. (laughs) I don't know if we've touched on that, but Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton, dude, pronounced poser, poser. Do I get extra points, dude? I should get extra points for that, man. Right, uh, yeah, we'll leave that to the judges. Um, 
Dude, Randy, the uh, cozy word. <laughs> we have to call some people that in line when we go all to right, the so movie. I, I got that right, right? The beta you, Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Um, all right, how many crystal keys are required to open the crystal gate? Three. Correct. Uh, what is the name of Wade's aunt that died in the stacks? Oh god, dude! I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pass, but just, just so like I can just get an answer out. I'm just gonna go with <laughs> Veronica. I don't know. <laughs> That's so <laughs> random, dude. <laughs> I, I honestly had no idea, dude. <laughs> what was it? Uh, her, it was Aunt Alice. Alice. I don't. Oh that god. doesn't even sound familiar. <laughs> Veronica. You had to say it once. <laughs> Did Randy get that right? Oh, you can't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. All right. All right. What is Daito's real name? Oh, no. It was su- some super JDM name, too. <laughs> it's like a half point. All right. His, uh, his, sorry. His real name was Toshiro Yoshiaki. Oh, oh, dude. Which I'm dude, sure Daito. Will Quethen had a nasty way of pronouncing to you. Daito and Choto. <laughs> every, every time Will we said their names, oh, you, Daito and Choto. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, number eight. Uh, what prize is obtained by beating Pac-Man with a perfect, perfect score on the Planet Arcade? So it goes, is the jade key? Was it the jade that key? Is, that's wrong, bro. Oh, that, dude. The, the but it was part of the second gate, right? Uh, it's no. during that same timeline. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know the answer. What is the answer? It's the coin. It's the coin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with you giving it to him. <laughs> All right. Um, what is the name of Wade's ship? Oh no! I know the his buddy is Max, but I don't know the name of the ship. Oh my god! So when you say it, I'm gonna be like, "Oh, jeez!" It's on the tip of my tongue. Yep. And I burnt my tongue drinking coffee this morning, so I don't jeez. know. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, all right. Just tell me, dude. All right. The name of the ship is the Vonnegut. Uh, <laughs> oh, dang it. I need to, all right. I'm going to go back and listen to the 16 hour. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get ready. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, last question. Last question. What is Nolan Sorrento's six digit IOI employee number? Hell no. <laughs> Randy, Randy did not get this right. I'm going to take a pass on this. But oh my gosh! If I had to guess, it'd probably be like six, six zero 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 one. I don't know. Oof. Okay. I don't know. See, this some of these like I picked these questions because they stuck with me, and I was like, oh, I, I think I get that one right. Yeah, um, but you also read the short story, so. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it's, it's your favorite character. I honestly don't know. The Vonnegut. I can. All right. I should have known that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Sorry. So, uh, Nolan Sorrento's six-digit IOI employee number is IOI six five five three two one. What? 
That's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, I remember stupid. the 3-2-1 part, and I remember Will Wheaton saying it that way, or saying it a weird way. He's a scoreboard. I'm just a poseur. Poseur. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're gonna total it up here. It seems like Randy oh, boy. Yeah, Randy won. You got a two, three. <laughs> sorry, three correct. Uh, that's Randy boy. Oh, okay. Uh, Alan got four correct. What? Yeah. Dang, I shouldn't have given yeah. you that one. Uh... <laughs> that's all right. Because we all right, how about no? Let's no, go to a tiebreaker. Uh, let's go to tiebreaker. And just okay. like winner, winner gets all or takes all. So Rob, you're gonna have to come up with a question. <laughs> Rand, yeah, Rob has to come up with a question. Obviously, okay. um, Randy's gonna go away for the question. Okay. I'm, and I'll answer it first, and then Randy can answer it second. Okay. But this is gonna be totally on the spot. So like, this is up to you, Rob. Oh man. Okay. Just I let me know when you're ready. Any right. new questions? So hold on, give me a second here. I gotta try and. Uh... We gotta make sure who's the number one poseur. (laughs) 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 Can you still hear me, Randy? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna go until he has a question. Yeah. All right. Oh man, the Vonnegut though. That was a good one. That was a good one. Those are those are some good questions, and I really like being that this is the first time we did the trivia. Like, I'm this is really good. Yeah. Um. So, Rob, whenever you have the question ready, just to let Randy know when to dip out. For sure. Um, but yeah, so the, oh man, what are the other questions? The coin. Oh man. We had talked about it before. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the book. I immediately got that one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I'm just supposed you were, um, you notice that he said advertisements as advertisements or something like that. No. During the book. Cause he talked about, uh, Something in the Oasis had a bunch of advertisements and stuff. Oh, I think... No, he was talking about ads during their little channels that they have. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you said advertisements. I was like, what the hell? Who says it like that? Will Wheaton does. <laughs> Golly. Will, Will Wheaton and Wheaton. Daito and Shoto. Okay, I got I gotta <laughs> it. Every time he says Daito and Shoto, he whispers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Daito, Shoto. All right, I will be back. Text me when you're ready. All right, uh, going now. tiebreaker questions. Okay, tiebreaker question. All right. So Alan, in the book, Wade codes his own Atari 2600 game. It's like a rite of passage to all the gun tours. Gun tours. Gun, gun tours. Tours. Gun tours. Gun tours. What was the name of the the game that Wade made that he coded himself? This is just a very obscure, obscure, oh, um, obscure, obscure. Now I might have reference. to pick another, another question. Shoot. Um, no, because Randy may know, so like we'll bring him back. But I'm, um, I mean, if he coded it himself, a game that he made, basically, yeah. Oh my god, that the Gunters played. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know. Well, let's bring Randy. No, back no, no, it's not. It's not. It's not that the Gunters played it. It's a rite of passage. Every Gunter makes his own, like codes a game at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, let, me, let me bring Randy. Right, just yeah, let me bring Randy back, and if he gets it, then pose you were. Sure. All right. So let's. I just texted him. Let's, there he is. He's coming in. All right. Coming in. All right. What's the word? All right. Tie tiebreaker question, Randy boy. Okay. There he is. Ready? Yep. 
All right. Wait, um, real quick. Yeah. Did Alan get it right? No, you can't. You can't know this, bro. <laughs> what difference does it make? It makes a lot of difference because I get it. Yeah. Just answer the question, okay? All right, Rob, go. All right. All right. What was uh, Wade's Atari Twenty Six Hundred game? All the Gunters had to uh, create their own game or like code their own game as like a rite of passage. So he made his own. He made his own game. What was it? It wasn't adventure, was it? Sorry, what? Was it adventure? No. No, adventure was the one he played. That oh, that was the Easter uh, egg game. Dang it. Yeah, that's the game with the first Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. Do you have another clue? Oh, you don't know. Okay. All right. Robo was answer. <laughs> I got it wrong the answer, too. Uh, the answer was the stacks. He made his own little eight bit. Oh, that's right. The side scroller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh God! All right, you gotta choose another one, dude. Okay. Randy, right when you said it, I'll I'll go away this time. But right when he said it, I was like, dude, like, like if Randy gets this right, then I deserve I deserve every like repercussion <laughs> for losing this because that that was that was tough. Yeah. So Rob, let me know when you're ready for me to dip yep. out. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So you were still here when we were making the pose zero jokes because he, <laughs> it was a, it was such an obscure question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude! Right when he said it, I was like, dude, I honestly like I totally overlooked that in the book. Oh, um, it was just such a, a small, minute detail. Yeah, I don't know where he's minute. getting this information from. I'm assuming you're like Cliff Notes or something right now. Yeah, minute, <laughs> obscure, obscure, pose <laughs> What? It's my notebook. You guys don't keep no. a notebook when you guys read books? No, Artemis, we don't keep a notebook on us when, <laughs> when we have. Uh, so the reference there is uh, Artemis kept uh, a notebook of um, of Halliday's Holy Grail journal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a journal of, uh, journal of um, Halliday's almanac and her like journal and notes on the whole book and the almanac. So that that was another cool thing. Was that like. We all thought that we all thought that Parzival was the know-it-all with um, Halliday's almanac. Was it Anorak's almanac? Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so is Anorak's right, almanac. The, uh, I got another question. Okay. All right. I'll dip out. All right. I'll text. You. And I'm going away now. All right, Randy boy. What's uh, up? So this should be fairly simple. I hope you guys remember yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why does Wade choose the name Parzival? Oh, he was, uh, I remember talking about how there were two other guys with Parzival and he specifically spelled it that way because the other two were taken. Um, but he was, was it a knight at the round table? Ooh. Okay. All right. Should I get Alan? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll right. count that as a correct answer, I guess. All right. Uh, what was he? Uh, uh, the that's not the main, main reason why, why he chose oh. the name. Uh, you got anything else to, to touch on that? No. <laughs> if anything, give me a half point, I guess. All right, yeah. We'll uh, see if Alan gets it I'll way get right it. or way yeah. wrong. Tell him to come back. Hello? Comes. All right. Yeah, man. All right, ready? 
Wait, I did Randy get it right? It doesn't matter, man. Don't let's just go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so why is Wade called Parzival? Why did he choose that name? Um so Parzival with a Z because Parzival um is a knight of the round table, is that right? So far, yeah. Yeah. Um but if we're I got, that was my answer, but if we're <laughs> if we're uh, if we're delving deeper into the parts of all, um oh my god. He was um no, that was Artemis the like master of the hunt or something. Oh no, Pozur, what is what's that? Oh god. Man, I just I, is this that tough? <laughs> All right, so <laughs> there, you guys are, are correct. You guys both said the same thing. You picked Parzal the Z because the other names were taken, the original spelling. Um, but and he was an, a knight of the round table. the The reason why he chose Parzal is because um, the egg is like the holy grail, and Parzal is the one I guess that was tasked, <sighs> or he's the one that found the holy grail. Oh uh, God! All right. right. So I, suffice it yeah. suffice it to say then. We're both decent at <laughs> RPO <laughs> trivia, dude, because those were tough. Those were. I'm sorry, those man. Really I, I, thought, yeah. I didn't want it to be too easy, but man. Yeah, of course, of course. That makes that makes sense. Because yeah. if it was too easy, we I mean, we both answered it correct, like correctly, yeah, but both answered we... it incorrectly. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that is it for our Ready Player One, the book podcast thank you guys again for listening to the review make sure you guys tune into the next episode when we get hype and discuss our experience or experiences at san diego comic-con over the years uh, we want to remind you guys that you can send us an email at the lounge sd at gmail.com feel free to send you guys or send uh, questions comments or concerns because uh, we're just starting out so any feedback is welcome you've been listening to the lounge sd i'm randy I'm Alan. This is Rob. And we'll talk to you next time. Boop, 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 boop.